Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of For the Faithful podcast where we cover everything and all things 49er football. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the week six win at home against the Los Angeles Rams and looking forward to the week seven matchup against the New England Patriots in Foxborough. So please stick around. All right, Faithful, let's go ahead and break down this week six win, surprising win to a lot of people against the four and one, now four and two Los Angeles Rams. <clears throat> Coming into this game, not a lot of people, including myself, expecting big things out of this 49er team or expecting a, a comeback win, especially looking at how badly they were beaten a week ago by Miami at home. Um, and you look at all the things that went into this game, right? 49ers still heavily banged up, even more banged up going into this week uh, on the defensive side of the ball with Quan Alexander now out for an unforeseeable time. Uh, through the game, Jaquaski Tart left in the second half. So, not a real clear picture. We we got Emmanuel Mosley back, which if you paid close enough attention to this game, you saw the huge impact he had in that in that secondary over a Deontay Johnson or a Brian Hill or whoever the Brian Allen, whoever the fuck that guy was. Dude's probably working at fucking Walmart as a bagger right now. Um, but I, I think one of the biggest early storylines of this game leading up to it was the poorest play of the 49ers O-line over the last couple of weeks going up against one of the top tier front fours in the league. Um, the Rams were tied with at a league league leading NFL sack record or NFL sack lead with 20 on the season and up to this, up to Week five, the 49ers had given up 18. So that was the big storyline and a a surprising turn of events. When you turn around and you look at this stat line, this O-line stepped up. Not a single sack. This O-line beat down and held up against Aaron Donald and that front four. Not something that a lot of people predicted. I was expecting, I, I was expecting a two and a half at least sack game out of Aaron Darnold, um, and I, I easily could have seen five, six sacks on Garoppolo, not one, and there wasn't even a single sack in this entire game. Um, so I mean, I mean, that in itself, you know, you, you saw a lot of. A lot of people stepping up on the on the 49ers for on both sides of the ball. The O line stepping up and giving enough time for that run game to develop and enough time for Garoppolo to throw his dump play passes. I'll I'll get into him a little bit later. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball. Greenlaw was a beast. Mosley played exceptionally well. Fred Warner, Fred Warner, I, there was a statistic that came out through that game, and it was like halfway through the third quarter that his average 
uh, yardage coverage to make a tackle was over 20 yards. So he is sprinting laterally across that field to make plays, and he has been a huge piece of what has kept this team together um, through all the injuries, the bad play on both sides of the ball. Fred Warner is the commander of this defense. Um, and I'm hoping he's going to be he's going to be entering the last year of his rookie deal. I, I hope the Niners can lock him in for a really long time. Uh, goddamn, Jason Verrett showing signs of the the Verrett of old when he when he was drafted <clears throat> when he was drafted in the first round by the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Verrett, a guy obviously brought in <clears throat> uh, two years ago on a on a one-year incentive-rich deal based due to his his heavy injury injury-plagued uh, past you know this guy was a pro bowler this guy was this guy looked like he was the next big thing in the cornerback business and he couldn't stay healthy he could not stay on the field for him to come up with that fourth and goal interception in the second half was huge and much like the Greg Papa, I could not be happier for that dude. He made a huge play, and that drive, I think, in my own personal belief, was the ultimate. That was the nail in the coffin. That's what got the 49ers the win. Um, just an absolute huge play. You, you flip to the other side of the ball. Uh, Mostert had a okay day uh 17 carries for 65 yards for 3.8 um but he left the game in the second half and recording this monday night uh he is expected he's not expected to go to the ir but he's expected to miss at least two to three weeks with a high ankle sprain and you're looking at a backfield that's down a mostert already down a a tevin coleman but i don't see that as as huge of an issue. The guy has really only had one big game as a 49er, and that was last year against Carolina where he had four touchdowns. Outside of that, he has not been what he's worth. Um, And Jarek McKinnon, I like Jet. Jet is a great third down passing back. He's not a guy that I believe you can send up the middle. Like this, I don't believe he's the – the guy you can trust to be an an early down back. And with Mostert and Coleman out, I think it's time to give a real look. And they gave him some time last night, and he looked good. Jermichael Hasty, the undrafted running back. I I said it when he got a couple he, – he got in on a couple of uh, drives against the, the Giants – he looked good. He, t- he took nine carries for 37 yards, averaging 4.1 a clip. He looked really good. He's quick. He's elusive. He looks like a younger Jarek McKinnon because he doesn't have a lot of size, but he is fast. He's elusive. He can get the. He, he can stretch, and he, he. I think he could be a play in the passing game as well. Um, I, I think it, it, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch seriously need to consider. I know he's been more of a special teams t- type of player for the 49ers since being brought up to the active roster. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm with Mostert and Coleman now. You, you figure McKinnon's going to be the one. Hasty is 
a guy you need to seriously consider getting a lot more involved in this offense because he is quick, he is very fast, and he's very talented. Um, <clears throat> huge day for George Kittle. I mean, George Kittle is the best tight end in the league. There's there's no argument on that end. Um, like I'll give you a little background on myself. I was born and raised an hour outside of San Francisco, California. I've been a 49ers, San Francisco Giants, San Jose Sharks fan my whole life. My whole fucking life. Um, but now with my job, I've been living in Kansas for almost the last three years. And I am married to someone who was born and raised in Kansas, meaning all of her family are Chiefs fans. My best friend who I've met through my job is from his, uh, is from Illinois, and he's a Chiefs fan. I, I, I despise the Chiefs, especially after the Super Bowl last year. Um, but you're, you, when you're talking about the two prolific tight ends in the league, you talk George Kittle, you talk Travis Kelsey. What Travis, where Travis Kelsey loses, loses the argument – as being considered the best tight end of the league is because George Kittle is the, he is the most valuable asset to the 49ers on offense. Not only is he great in the pass game, Yak brothers, he can get yards after the catch, like nobody's business, but he also is a focal point in Kyle Shanahan's run scheme. You see George Kittle going up against defensive ends which is not something to which is not a matchup that most offensive coordinators would be comfortable drawing for a tight end and Kittle holds his own. Uh, but he goes for a big night last night. Seven receptions on 10 targets for 109 and a touchdown. Um, that his touchdown coming on a, off of a fourth and two where the Rams sent an, an absolute zero blitz, left nobody in coverage. He had one guy to beat and he was gone. Um, which I mean was ultimately was Garoppolo's biggest play <clears throat> through that whole game, but Kittle was the one who made that happen. He took that ball out and he was the one able to run down the field with it. Debo turning in a, a, a very nice game. He had six receptions. He was targeted six times, so he hauled everything in. 66 yards, 11 yards average, and a touchdown. Um. Kendrick Bourne doing what he can and what he is what he has done in this offense, uh, more of a, a red zone type of look and a, a third down type of back finishes with two on two receptions on three targets for forty four yards. Not terrible. Ayuk uh, pretty quiet, um, targeted three times, uh, two receptions, twelve yards, but did have the the touchdown in the red zone. <clears throat> Outside of that, I mean, in the receiving game, pretty quiet. I mean, Mostert, two for 11, McKinnon, two for 10, Juszczyk, one for eight. Juszczyk, uh, that's actually a great a great segue. He was targeted two times. <clears throat> he was targeted two times in the pass game. His second target that he was targeted on, he was so wide open. And Garoppolo missed him by seven or eight yards, just like he missed fucking Emmanuel Sanders by seven or eight yards in the Super Bowl. Everyone's going to look at this stat line, and this is what I feared. 
This is what I feared because there's not many 49er fans that think and watch the game like I do. Garoppolo, after going 7 for 17 for 77 yards and two interceptions and getting pulled at halftime last week against Miami, turns in a stat line this week of 23 for 33 attempts, 200, 268 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks, finishes with a fucking QBR of 90.4. It's a hell of a performance. Unfortunately, he wasn't throwing the ball downfield. Excluding the one play to Kittle that went on that fourth down that went for a touchdown, it was a lot of dink and duck for dink and dunk for Garoppolo. And, and when he was trying to get the ball down the field, he was either overthrowing people, throwing people to the left, to the right, under. I get it. A high ankle issue may have been the cause as to why he wasn't able to plant last week and get the velocity that he wanted on that on, on his passes. But if that was an issue, why did they play him in the first place? I know this is the unpopular take. I know it is. I get enough heat from my own father. He, I woke up this morning to get ready for work, and my father, who still lives on the West Coast, sends me a picture, sends me a text that says, Hey, Tyler, with a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo. And I sent him a thumbs down emoji. I'm, st- I, you can't convince me. You can't because what the 49ers were doing in the second half of that game shows me that, that Shanahan does not trust Garoppolo. They came in, I believe the score was 21 to 6, 21 to 9 coming into half. The 49ers get the ball back get their their first possession go run play first down okay you're a run first offense but then they're throwing little trick screen plays and stuff like that behind the line of scrimmage that were getting swallowed up by the Rams that lets just that alone lets me know that Shanahan does not believe in Garoppolo to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver time and time again on passes down the field. I at this point I I, I, tr- I I am of the mindset that you look at the rest of this 49ers schedule, they have the hardest remaining schedule left. Strength of schedule left in the NFL. Um there's defensive pieces you're not getting back. Each week you've lost somebody. I don't see the I, I I some I don't see this team. This team is not going to make a push through the playoffs. Unfortunately, I feel that this team could fuck this thing up and somehow make it into the wild card and find themselves out of a top of a top tier pick of a, like a top five top seven pick in next year's draft. They need to draft a quarterback. The 49ers haven't taken a quarterback in the first round since 20 to, or 2004 since they took Alex Smith. They're scared to. They're scared to take a quarterback. And not only that, you think you you think back to the 2017 draft. Nobody thought the Niners 
we're going we're going to be targeting a quarterback. They make that massive trade with Chicago to bump down one spot. They got all that draft capital just so Chicago could take a guy that San Francisco wasn't going to take in the first place. They got four or five picks out of it. And that guy is now riding the bench behind Nick Foles in Chicago. But you think back to who they drafted in Solomon Thomas, who has been a premier bust, one of the easily one of the top 10 busts of the last decade in the NFL draft who have been taken in the top three. And and you look at who they could have had. A Deshaun Watson, a Patrick Mahomes. Like, it's not something most 49er fans were concerned about because you're trying to build other pieces for your team, you're trying to build the D line, and you take you go out and get a Solomon Thomas who has not translated into even being a first round pick up to this point, let alone a third round or a, 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 a number three overall pick. I think this is the year that the Niners need to take a seriously serious look at the quarterback position. You've got Garoppolo. Who's making twenty three point eight million this year? <clears throat> it's slightly higher next year. Cut him. Cut Garoppolo. It counts for two point eight against the cap this year and one point six next year. You've got some pieces you need to retain on that defensive side of the ball. Fred Warner, as I already said, coming into the last year of his deal, he's going to want big money. Nick Bosa is going to be entering that realm in about two years. Cut Garoppolo. Draft yourself a quarterback in the first round. And on top of it, bring in a veteran quarterback. There's going to be a couple of names out there next free agency that are going to be looking for a home. One in particular who... I'm thinking it's at least trending this way with... Firing their head coach, firing their GM. You know, it, it it's a total rebuild. I don't even care that they won that that they won this week. But he was also the NFL MVP in 2016 when Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator in Atlanta. I truly believe Matt Ryan's going to get cut after this offseason. They're one in five. They're not making a playoff push, especially in that division they play in. I think it's going to be it's a complete rebuild time. For the Falcons, I could easily see Matt Ryan being available. Bring his ass into San Francisco. Let him start. Let him mentor someone. Get yourself a quarterback in the first round. And let Garoppolo go because he's too fucking expensive to be a backup. I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent on Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he played, he, he did what Garoppolo's supposed to do this week. He's not an elite quarterback. He's not. A, he's not. He's nowhere near the top tier. He is essentially Garoppolo to me is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is not a quarterback that will win the game for you. He is a quarterback that will lose a game for you, though. And we saw that against Arizona this year, and we saw it 
against Miami the half that he fucking played. It was an impressive win. I was not expecting the Niners to win. I wasn't. Hats off to the O-line and to the defense. Both stepped up big time, and Garoppolo did what he is supposed to do and be a game manager. Coming up, we're going to preview next week's game against the New England Patriots coming off a loss, a disappointing loss to a lot of people against the Denver Broncos. Um, We're going to look into that and make our predictions for that game. Stick around. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to go ahead and take a look into the Week 7 matchup for the 49ers at the New England Patriots playing in Foxborough. Uh, just looking for the line right now. And I mean, this is Monday. This this is subject to change. Um, New England is currently favored by three. I, I, that's a pretty fair line. Um, you know, both teams have had rocky starts to their seasons. A lot of them, a lot of it due to injury. The Niners on the defensive side of the ball, and then New England, where Cam came up positive with fucking COVID. And you had the Brian Hoyer, Jared Stidham show. Um, a lot of people look at this and go, yeah, yeah that's, uh, I don't care what San Francisco did uh, against Los Angeles. They're not going on the road and beating Bill Chel- be- <laughs> beating Bill Belichick on the road in Foxborough. Um, I-, I actually disagree. I saw enough last night to where the 49ers stood strong against a a team that's a lot better than the Patriots. Let's not even fucking joke around. The the Patriots are dead last in in, uh, receiving yards and passing yards this year. Newton looked horrible yesterday against the Broncos. Looked terrible. And if you're getting disrupted by a front four that's almost equally as broken as the Broncos uh, when you're comparing them to the 49ers. Um, Yeah, the Broncos do not have the linebacking core that the 49ers do. Um, I think this is a game where even with Mostert out, I could see the 49ers dominating time and possession with the ball. You know, you got McKinnon. I, I, I'm like I said, I'm a firm believer. You got to give Hasty some more look in this offense. Um, a small guy with an O line and a run scheme that can get create space. Get him, let him be able to create a little bit of space with a, a fair amount of carries. And I, I feel like that's the right way to go forward with where we're at as far as on on the injury spectrum. Um. And, and and it's not just that the 49ers are one of the few teams in the NFL that's just like you don't just have to take into account on the defensive side of the ball for teams planning for the 49ers offense. They're one of the few teams that they have not one but two receivers that can also not only effectively run but are involved in the running game with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Hell, even George Kittle gets a tote every now and again. 
Um, I, I could see this. I, I feel like this is going to be one of the games where the Niners can control the clock. Cam Newton has shown that he's much more of a effective rushing quarterback than he is a passing quarterback up to this point. Through five games, he's got 871 yards passing for two touchdowns and four interceptions, but he's the Patriots' leading rusher with 225 yards and five touchdowns. Take that passing game away from him and be able to hone in because he's not the Cam Newton of old. He's not that He's not he's not as quick as he once was with all the injuries, age, sure, whatever. But they also have nobody in the receiving game to worry about. If you can hold if you can hold a Rams team with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, uh Gerald Everett, like if you can hold them to to, to the game that they just had they collectively just had uh, 24 hours ago, you're going to have no problem containing Julian Drop City Edelman or a Nikhil Harry who's looking like an absolute bust. And outside of that, in the passing game, who, who else do they have? Their best their best receiver is James White, who plays running back. And you're not going to get over, even on a broken 49ers defense, by by your little dink and dunk plays. Um, I, I'm... I'm, I'm 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 gonna go against the the the, uh, the narrative. I'm gonna say the 49ers win this one, and I would take the 49ers at a five or a six point line, even on the road. Um, I think they've got <laughs> they've got the better running game. They have the better receiving options. They have well with all the injuries the 49ers have taken on so far i'd say it's pretty even on the defensive side of the ball um yeah i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the 49ers and another upset and then fuck me after this week unless they start getting a, a cavalcade of players back uh there's only one other game left on this 49ers schedule that i have them favored in and that's week 14 at home against the Washington football team. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be eating my crow. Maybe this team can turn it around without a defense. Uh, I, I would just hedge your bets that it's not going to happen because they got their asses torn up by a Miami team. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week's episode of For the Faithful. Thank you for listening. If you want, follow me on Twitter at T-K-L-E-I-N 49ers, T-Kline 49ers. I'm also a part of the Unsportsmanlike Commentary podcast where me and my buddy DC, we do two to we do three different episodes a week. We do uh, the week's recap Tuesdays and then Fridays and Saturdays, depending on what our schedules look like. We do our the the week the game the, the week's games predictions who we have and we keep track of who we're picking if we're betting over or under and I can tell you this week I'm I'm wrong on about a lot for the first time this year um, and then we also do a fantasy rankings for quarterback wide receiver 
running back tight ends and defenses. We do sleepers. We do busts. Please go follow us on Twitter for that on unsports, unsports com, comment, I think. Who fucking knows? You can find me at TKlein49ers on Twitter. Um, this podcast is available on Apple and Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Pocket Casts, um, as well as on Sportsmanlike Commentary, me and my buddy DC. You can find us Apple, Google, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Please go give us a listen and let us know what you think on Twitter. Thank you guys so much, and I'll talk to you next week.